whatever your field is, your local community, how can you be part of the solution? This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 124 of The Real Word. Word is up. Wow, you did my name today. I wanted to make sure. Did you did you, did you feel like you did it differently? Because it sounded way different. Like I, white. Yeah, I always emphasize my name, so I'm trying to get better every day at giving you the love so, you deserve. So was that, that, that was your effort for today? That's my effort. Saying my name louder? Saying your name so that people know who you are. <laughs> wow. All right. We've got... Uh, racket number one, not a racket, totally not a racket. No, um, and it, but I it is our first segment and our first topic. And yeah, it's it's a it's it, well, it's an interesting one since you said white. Ooh. Um, yeah. and it's interesting because we were uh, my husband and I were actually out to dinner last night, sitting outside um, of a you know downtown right where we live, right. and um, a whole car load of high because my husband husband teaches at the high school. Yeah. Mr. White. Um, Mr. White. So they drove by and started yelling out the window like, hey, Mr. White, Coach White. And I have to tell you that there, like the entire restaurant was like, <gasps> where we had you to had like. To show ID after? Well, we had to explain that. Hmm. Yeah. So we're definitely living in interesting times. Well, so probably because of the way high school kids do it. They're naturally annoying. Well, yeah, but again, I mean, yeah. I think obviously this there's lots of topics yeah. to be discussed right, the, around. The, that there's topic. a lot of it's a sensitive subject, obviously. So, yeah. but this is this topic that I'm about to present to you, all of our racketeers mm -hmm. out there, is definitely not a racket, and it's something that if you're watching this show, if you've been listening to the real word, then you're probably in the real estate in industry from to some degree, mm -hmm. and it's an investigation we all need to be aware of and educated on. There was a, a three year Newsday investigation, mm -hmm. which uncovered widespread evidence of unequal treatment from real estate agents in Long Island. Right. Okay, so they they focused on a specific area mm -hmm. of Long Island. They had twenty five. Let me just frame this up real quick. Twenty five testers. Yep. They had tested ninety three agents in two hundred and forty hours of secret meetings. There was over 5,700 listings that were analyzed. Mm -hmm. And in that investigation, 40% of the time, they found that unequal treatment to minorities when compared white versus minorities, 40% overall of the tests, there was unequal treatment delivered, 19% for Asians, 39% for Hispanics, and 49% for Blacks. Well, so I think it's also worth stating the reason why they decided to do this investigation was because it sounds as though Long Island is so wildly segregated already. And they were trying to figure out why it continues to be segregated and who is actually 
um, sort of feeding the segregation. So I th and, and so I think it's worth stating that you know Long Island wasn't just like pulled out of the hat. Um, they were looking at the demographic across the entire island and were noticing sort of these staggering numbers. So they of course decided to sort of hit up the agents to see if maybe they were continuing to feed the trend. So very well, you, interesting. And I would encourage everyone to watch the documentary. The link is definitely going to, to wherever you're listening or watching this. It'll it'll be available for you in the show notes or the YouTube description. Mm -hmm. Watch this documentary. Yeah, the agents clearly are playing um, yes. a part in this, Nicole, but but there's a lot to it. Of course. No, no, I just, I was sort of, well, I was just explaining of kind of it. like, I think why they were drawn to Long Island. I Well, here's what I believe. I mean, if you found 40%, so Steve Harney, who's an economist, Keeping Current Matters, we've talked about Steve in the past, he had a tweet that said, wow, you know, this was this is a blue state, number one, New York. This is the northeast of America where you have more highly educated people per capita than other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. And this happened there. Mm -hmm. So if you take this, I, I understand and they go into the investigation that that Long Island does have clear segregation that has continued into 2020. Mm -hmm. But if you spread this test across the United States of oh, America, well, these numbers, I, I bet, are going to be similar, higher right. in some places, yeah. probably lower in other places. You know, there, there's going to be, and it all depends on what 93 agencies, how did they do the test? What all the, you know, there's all kinds of questions, I'm sure. Newsday relied on two nationally recognized experts in fair housing standards yeah, to I mean, evaluate they were, they were killing the agents' it. actions. They've been on the board. They've been on court things. They've been... This is Fred Freeberg, who yeah. co-founded the Fair Housing Justice Center in 2004. Previ previously, he had led a national testing program for the Civil Rights Division of the United States Department of Justice, as well as two national paired testing programs for the Urban Institute. He has coordinated more than 12,000 fair housing, fair housing tests. Uh, he was paid to help organize the testing. Robert Schwimm. Take a breath. Robert Schwimm of the Everett H. Metcalf Jr. Professor of Law at the University of Kentucky. This guy was also involved, who's the author of Housing Discrimination Law mm -hmm. and Litigation. So these two guys were involved. But here's the other thing. When you watch the documentary, and you yes. did, mm -hmm. and they have the interviews of the white tester and the minority tester sitting side by side, that's when you knew this shit was done right. It was legit. It was real. When those two individuals, their emotions of going through the process as the tester. Right. And they were, I mean, and they spent hours, days, I think even months together, being programmed to answer questions. Right? I said this, role playing it out. And they were still emotional to see. I mean, not that they wouldn't have been, but. They were in disbelief yeah. of the results that they found. And just based on. And they were going to that, the same agent. So, like, if I was. Yeah. To, like partnered oh. up with you we were both independently seeing the same agent so asking the same questions giving the same criteria and then the response from that agent from one to the other was wildly drastically different agent ann i'll just refer to her as agent ann if you watch it you, you get her full name and her brokerage and everything yeah um oh, met she physically met yeah. with you know a white uh home buyer mm -hmm. and a black home mm -hmm. home buyer and that one was really bad. I mean, it was just really awful. Mm -hmm. To the white home buyer, 
when can you get started? Like almost like she seemed, you know, we say commission breath. She had commission breath of like, when can you get started? I want to get you right out right. there. Like when can you start yep. looking at homes? She was driving the conversation right. of looking at homes with the black tester and both of them met her in person in her office. Right. Nothing was different. They were as much as you could take any variable out. They Nothing did. was different. And with yeah. the black tester, she said, I won't, this is quoting, I won't take out anyone unless you have a pre-qualification letter she said none of that to the white tester right. in her office now i don't know about you nicole but anytime i get anybody to actually physically be in the office here and you know in my real estate career a hundred percent of the time i close them you know they, they buy a property a hundred percent of right. the time if they actually come into the office because you you gain so much even if it's long term it's like Hey, I've met you now. I have a vested interest in right. you as the human. And if you even have to go through like credit repair or whatever, 100% of the time, those people that are committed to coming to the office, buy. I mean, this person outright. Well, and she, and the agent she even outright committed, didn't want to work with this person. But the agent even committed to having them come into the office. I mean, that's a whole <sighs> extra step too, unless they just walked in. Maybe they walked in. It was crazy. But. The testing was extremely legitimate. Again, when, when you see the interviews of the testers, the white and the minority tester, and that emotion, you knew this was done with a lot of practice, with mm -hmm. a lot of thought, 240 hours of secret uh, meetings were recorded 5,700 listings. That's just incredible so, depth and data that they, that they went Yeah, into. another thing that we should note too, because I, I did send this actually to a few other people and people couldn't believe that they were even able to record these things. But I guess New York is a single a single person state where only one person Only one person has to, to know about the recording. The recording so right. obviously the recorder would know. Right. In one of those, right. In one of those situations. Right. You right. couldn't do that here in Connecticut, right. I guess, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming. I don't know the laws i mean gosh i thought that that was like the law everywhere not being able to do that but anyway and so here's the point right uh, i think there's multiple points. there's there's multiple points obviously but but this is clear let's just call it what it is this is clear evidence of systematic did i say that right systematic you did systemic well i think it's systemic oh it is not systematic but systemic? it's like a word systematic is like a word i use let's not sale. try to be big let's just systemic. let's let's keep in our own shoes no this is clear evidence of <laughs> systemic unequal treatment or racism, however you want to call it, right? And, I mean, you had agents that knew they get, delivered unequal treatment and then wouldn't deliver a statement. Well, right. And wouldn't I, yeah. get on. Some people did participate. Some yeah. of these agents did participate and, and yep. make at least a statement to yep. Newsday. But some of them have just still been ignoring Newsday's calls to this, right. to this day. Yeah. Um, so I, I think even as an agent, um, I think that, I mean, well, regardless of your whatever, uh, I think it's certainly worth watching. Yeah. I think I think the most important thing that you can do besides being flabbergasted is to reflect. I mean, there were so many times that, you know, they were talking about even schools or areas or and I, and like you have to like as an individual, like reflect, like, have I ever done that? Have have, have I, I ever, ever said don't go there because that school system is bad? Right. That is have I I mean, even just have, have I ever have I ever 
treat anybody? Have I ever made anybody feel as though I've I've treated them differently? And if you're bashing on a school system, you better have data to back it up, and you right. better bash that school system consistently across the board. Well, you shouldn't be talking with, about school systems with every single at all. No, no, you can talk about statistics. Statistics, yes. Behind school well, systems. Well, but they're not saying that really. I mean, they're talking about nice, like th- this woman's talking about. You know, which areas are nice? I mean, that's not really. I mean, giving. You, you had one agent literally say the word steering i'm yes. not supposed to steer you but i'm about to steer you right. and then went ahead and steered yeah that particular so again I, I think i think what's important to learn here too and they did touch on it as well as is education you know are our agents being educated in fair housing are they taking it seriously are they understanding you know the the, the significance of it and 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 being lawful that, so. that's a, that's exactly right it's going to come down to you the broker the team leader the agent the individual agent out there to educate yourself don't rely on the three hours of continuing training that you're just going click 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 next slide through anyways well did you watch too because they had um they they, they actually went to the meeting and the woman didn't even talk about fair fair housing she completely skipped over she goes i think that covers that it it was very flippant it was just like again i I think i mean whether you have a good leader or not i mean i think that there is a lot of you know you you have to be self-responsible like be responsible for yourself you don't don't you because you can't blame somebody else if they didn't teach you i think you need to take the initiative to to learn and to continue to learn one thing i know for for us we're doing training on it this week we're doing two pieces of training on this investigation and then one with an attorney on treating everyone equally not saying that we have any issues with unequal treatment we've never had an issue but i want to be so educated on this topic that we're part of the solution and not part of the problem and I, I think that's a, what everybody can do in whatever your field is, your local community. How can you be part of the solution? I'm for people protesting and, and speaking their mind. This is America, baby. Like, speak your mind. But also become part of the solution. Take right. action. A protest is a start of a conversation. It's not action to actually solving a problem. Right? I'm for it. But I'm also for people digging into what they know best. We know real estate best. How can we make change in our little world? We have a very small piece of the puzzle here of the community. Right. Real estate in our local community. Well, and clearly we're super influential in those communities as well. So. And, and so how can you and how can you educate your people right. to actually be ahead of this? To Ahead of this is the wrong word. To be somebody who calls out unequal treatment right. in their office, who identifies it, who's educated on it thoroughly, and who treats everybody the same in every single situation. Right. Um, so we're going to train on this. We're not going to forget about this. We're going to continue to work to be better at this and continue to build systems that align with doing everything the same for others. I mean, the fa- one buyer got sent like 90 listings and the other one zero like in totally different areas yeah no it was very interesting and and it's and it's and and i'm 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 hopeful that this because we actually um we talked about this documentary back in january with our predictions for the year um and i i'm i'm hopeful because look it was brad brad inman predicted when we did the 2020 predictions that it it would win some some, kind of yeah so again i mean it's, it's unfortunate everything that is happening and that 
but I, but it's also very much fortunate because I think that these conversations do need to be had and continue to be had. So I think that the timing of this hopefully being, you know, sort of. And our marketeer of the good. week, after we get through here, the uh, next segment, racket number two is going to be back kind of based on this on this topic. Right. But before that, racket number two. We've got the Coldwell Banker CEO again, Ryan Gorman. We, we've got the hots for him, I think, right now. We've been talking well, about him a lot on this show. Well, Inman's been talking about him a lot. Inman has been. And the Coldwell Banker CEO on the future of real estate offices says... I actually really enjoyed reading this article. Are I, you going to let me finish I'm anything just saying. today? Yeah, well, I, I've let you actually speak quite a bit. <laughs> he says, less rent and more happy hours. Uh, get on the bandwagon, Ryan. I've been talking about this forever. Mm-hmm. We designed an entire office, the one we're sitting in, yeah. around that theme. Mm-hmm. Maybe not less rent, but definitely more happy hours. <laughs> um, and so they've got like 600 offices or something, right? Is that what it was? A lot. There's a lot 700 of offices. 700 offices yeah. that he's specifically talking about. Right. They want to maximize effectiveness and allocate savings you know they're also trying to raise 400 million because the cardis deal isn't going through so they're trying to raise 400 million because that well, deal's not is going gonna, well through. but it, but they are using the money that they're saving to um reinvest so this is probably part of it they're going to hopefully save some money here they're the judge is letting their lawsuit against reology or against compass reality's lawsuit against compass go through hmm. which is not specifically coldwell banker right. but anyways Future of offices, do you agree a place to collaborate, train yeah. and do yeah. happy hours? I agree. I mean I think that I, I, I think that but I but I it's I think that's always been the purpose of an office, right? I think it's always been as as much as you have your own little desk, I mean he's talking about having like these these pop up like hybrid where you just sort of come in and use a space. Again, we kind of have that here. I, I think though, again, like we've also sort of manipulated or I shouldn't say manipulated, but we sort of had to bob and weave too because people do kind of like having their own feeling like they have their own space um but i do think that the office should 100 percent um you know encourage um my mind is i mean ours is completely open no it it is it should encourage and and they're all sitting at the collaboration absolutely so i i think that instead of sort of giving everybody their own little cubicles and sort of setting them up in their little areas i think that it's smart i think it's a, a great place for you to collaborate especially in the real estate market i mean as much as we are all sort of working for ourselves and in for lack of a better word we're all each other's competition we also can learn so much from each other and i've never actually seen in my years in the traditional brokerages and the offices i've experienced locally i've never seen anybody besides top producers besides the top 10 percent of producers sitting in the office day by day and grinding out their work right Everybody else does it at home, on the fly, in the yeah. car, whatever. Right. Every other agent does it that yep. way. And so to the CEO's, uh, Ryan Gorman's um, point here, yeah, why couldn't you just support your top 10% of agents of having a satellite office mm-hmm. or give them a good enough split where they can go out and get their own office mm-hmm. and their own space, reduce the amount of offices that people can get to? I, I mean, I think he's missing the boat on one big thing. Like, we have a podcast studio in our office for a reason. Like. Without the podcast studio, trust me, there would be no office here. Well, I, I think what, but I think what also what he's what he's encouraging, and which many people are now, is community. Mm-hmm. And he is though wanting to continue to have these office spaces and offering them out to their community. So, is maybe a PTO meeting can yep. happen there. Um, so it is it is very much multi-purpose, multi-use, and a way to get these people into that space too, which inevitably. You know, I mean, potentially our, benefits their agents if ours they're is set up connecting for events, 
for photo shoots and for video recording podcasts. That's what it's here for. And there's like, there's onboarding going on right now. We have two new agents that are onboarding with Lucy. So it's, it works well for that. We have multiple TV screens, Apple TV, so you can zoom up and people can be from wherever, anywhere if it's in it during a meeting. Um, but you know the deal, agents, the trend is not going to be that agents are going to be sitting eight hours in the office. That's no, well, never going to happen. Well, I spe- especially now with everyone having to be remote too, I think it's really sort of rewiring, right? It's rewiring everybody's brain to now realize that they don't have to go to an office anymore. And obviously working from home can potentially give you a little bit more movement. W- one of the comments, welcome to the future. I, I mean, <laughs> we've been talking about this for a while, but you know, maybe it's not the future, like welcome to now. He, he, I mean, and in and in the CEO's defense here, in Gorman's defense, like you have seven hundred offices. Like, how could you at that size even think about pivoting two hundred two years ago? You know, well, now the pivot has become like but you what's have to do super it. Super interesting though is because he does mention though in this article that during the market crash, they did start doing short term rentals when mm. they were signing their leases. So maybe he didn't really realize why he was doing it until now, but they were they were starting to pivot, I think, as much as they could as I mean, they're a huge national company. So I think at that point they sort of started started to make the shift and now they're able to really execute on sort of what they laid the groundwork for you know five six years ago so i'm interested to see how those offices turn out i wonder if they're going to be any local ones or maybe some of our local competition is leaving the leaving the strip what do yeah. you think maybe possible awesome. who knows anyway all right marketeer of the week it's not a specific listing or a specific tactic that you can use but a conversation we wanted to highlight inman had their first ever inman connect virtual i did did you did you catch any of it i caught some of it okay yep it was good, and what I caught was good. And this particular panel, I believe, was from Inman Connect. Mm-hmm. I think it was an Inman Connect panel. Anyways, uh, it was a conversation from Katie Lance, Kendall Bonner, and Victoria Kennedy. Uh, they say agents shouldn't be afraid to talk about controversial topics. Now is not the time for marketing as usual. Certainly, we talked about that two months ago. We've when been the talking about it hit. the entire time, yes. And then now, obviously, with everything that's happened in the last... Um, two weeks of this country with the George Floyd murder. You want to be conscious of what you're posting on social media. For me, I put out a video on Instagram that I didn't post anything on Instagram for like eight days. It was mm-hmm. it was like a, just over a week when the George Floyd murder took place. I just mm-hmm. stopped posting because I wanted to uh, my next post to come from a place of reflection. I wanted to take time to think about it. I just really actually quite frankly, had no interest in mm-hmm. posting my normal real estate stuff. Right. That was what I felt at the time. Um, not the right move overall. I wouldn't advise anybody who's marketing or branding themselves in this business to go silent on these platforms for eight straight days. That's not a good strategy. It's just how I felt and what I did in that particular mm-hmm. time frame. Um, but Here's them talking about saying uh, agents shouldn't be afraid to talk about controversial topics. Well, right. I mean, right here it says, don't be afraid to have an opinion that you think might be controversial because that's how conversations get started and how change gets initiated. So I want to hear your take on this. I chose to talk about it and... And I came from the place similar uh, that we did in racket number one with the Newsday investigation mm-hmm. and what I'm going to do to make sure I'm part of the solution and not part of the problem. And then you have, you know, other people that 
are, if you go down their feed, mm -hmm. they've made this their entire thing. I'm right. not I'm not saying that's better, you know, but yes. where are you on the spectrum? Do you, I never talk about politics ever, right? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm here to talk about yeah. real estate. Um, there's a lot of topics that we can talk about that can become very divisive. I try to stay away from that. I can be divisive in terms of my industry, real estate, like calling out a, a CEO of some brokerage, right. but it's my industry. Like I'm willing to have the debate right. on this kind of stuff right. because I know it so well. Right. But controversial topics like this, where do you sit on it? So me, per, I'm, I'm only talking about me personally. I mean, I, I, I do, I actually personally read everybody's points, um, whether what others ever side they're on. I actually have been trying really hard instead and in of this. There is no sides. Like no, of course, but I'm just, and yeah. I don't, and I don't, I don't mean yeah. it that way. Um, and I apologize for my, for that, but, um, I've actually, <laughs> I've been trying really hard actually. Cause I, I feel like I'm only in control of, of what I can control. Um, so I've been really spending a lot of my time having conversations with my children. Um, I feel like that's probably the most important place for me to do it not necessarily on Instagram. I don't need my 800 followers to heart how I necessarily feel, um, but I do need my children to understand the impact that they have on the future and that they have on on, 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 on what their lives are gonna be like and what their reality is. And so I've actually been spending more of my time, like when I watched that Newsday um, uh, video, I, I had one of my kids actually watch it with me mm. so that um, they could understand sort of what is happening even in my own personal job, you know, things that people think that, you know, aren't big problems obviously are. Um, so that's how I've been dealing with it, mostly sort of, at home. Yeah. Yeah. Katie Lance, who I think very highly of, I've done a panel with her. She wrote a book on social media specific to the real estate industry. Mm -hmm. She's done a whole bunch of good stuff. You know, one of the things she said, this is a great start, but what else can you do? And she's, she's talking about, and maybe we can put that slide up right here. Mm -hmm. She's talking about the, the black square that, uh, last Tuesday, blackout Tuesday, we right. were supposed to the black the square. The black square. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I agree that if that's something that you're passionate about posting, that could be a great start. But uh, there were so many people that posted that because they were shamed into posting that, right. quite honestly. Well, it's funny because you got a few texts like, hey, are you going to be posting yeah. a black square? Like, Which which makes me automatically not want revolt to. Right. and not want to do anything somebody's texting me telling me I should do. There's a, there's a really well-known Instagram uh, handle in the real estate industry that had multiple DMs of people shaming them, that person to, because they didn't post any black square or anything like shaming and unfollow. I noticed that, like, even up until I put that video out, I had posted nothing that during that, that specific day I was unfollowed. Oh really? Yeah. By people. Yeah. When you put the video out, you were unfollowed no, no, no. prior on to that, that day, that blackout Tuesday, I didn't put out a black square. I didn't post anything. I didn't post hmm. real estate. I didn't post anything. And there was tremendous amount of shaming people that you don't know who, if they're have like you, if they're having conversations with their three children on the backside, if they're spending time planning, training for their team based off of a Newsday investigation, like all these different things, the shaming out there, it's quite hilarious. It's like people like, I'm so much better than these people because I posted this. So that's got to stop. But what doesn't 
need to stop. What should never stop is our ability to do more. And that's what's right. and that's what Katie's talking about here. There's so much more that one post can do in, in one specific day. Um, have tough, uncomfortable conversations like this. Like right. have the conversation uh, with people in your community or on podcast. Uh, think about what long-term changes your business and your company can implement. What systems can your business actually implement to be part of the solution, not part of the problem? Right. I don't think there, that anybody, I think you should be cautious always about what you post and you should be cautious about taking, like I probably even took too many like opinions, you know, wrapped into this, but this is how I feel. So I'm gonna tell you how I feel, right? Right, well, but, but again, that's what they're saying though too, is like you're supposed to speak your truth yeah because then you're supposed to learn from it because then that's the only way you then learn is to put out what you think and then i also don't think if you started an instagram channel or a youtube channel whatever and your goal was to only post 100 percent of things about real estate i also don't think that you should feel pressured shamed or anything else to not post that content on your specific channel you should do what you want to do right, right. Like well, I think with it's, your I think channel. it also has the what, what do you feel the most comfortable doing um and I, and I and and again this is a very uncomfortable time mm-hmm. so um I, I think that I think you just you follow your heart and if you get unfollowed um I mean that's not, I don't think that's reflective of you it's clearly more reflective of them but yeah and, and I would encourage everybody whether you're going to change your marketing approach, keep it the same, whether you're gonna talk about this like we chose uh, to talk about it, that you respect everybody else that is going through this process the way that they're choosing to, that mm-hmm. they're expressing themselves the way, the way they're choosing to express themselves, and you support people, and that you find a way to actually take some action, to actually do some work, to actually get your hands dirty in this problem, which is shared by all of us. Right. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I think so we're, they're I the think marketeers of the week. Think we've done it. I think they, they covered an important topic, one that um, we're all going to continue, I think. And we to, all should to continue from. to have the conversations. I think that, and I think that that's really what all the protests are about too, is just to make sure that it's a movement, not yeah. just a moment. So. Yeah. All right. Good, good show. It was good. Long show. Sorry about that, guys. Keep it real, and we'll see you here next week. Bye, guys.